Hello, this is Matt, and I just wanted to give you a quick warning before we start this week's episode. We're not going to talk about tactics or players or coaches. This week, we're going to talk about mental health. So if that's an issue that you struggle with and you're not sure you want to hear about it, um, then come back next week and we'll have a, a more normal kind of episode. But this week, I'm going to talk with Mr. Kiko Rodriguez about mental health, and uh, I hope you find our discussion both enlightening and hopefully maybe inspirational. So uh, hopefully you'll stick around, but I just wanted to give you that quick warning before we start. All right. Here's the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. My name is Matt Markstone, and no matter where you are, no matter how you may be joining us, thank you for making the show part of your day. Um, if you simply got this episode from a friend, you haven't subscribed to the feed yet, be sure to do that. You can do that on iTunes, Stitcher, Acast, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, or wherever you get your podcast. And if this is your first or second episode, this episode is a little bit different, like I said before the music. I'm going to talk with Mr. Kiko Rodriguez, who is the father of Jay Rodriguez, uh, former Southampton player. You can find Kiko on Twitter at KikoRod9. You can also follow his company. He's a founding member of DRN Sport, uh, and you can check out what they do. We'll talk a little bit about that during our interview. And so Kiko and I are going to talk mostly about mental health. Uh, We're going to talk about him. We're going to talk about DRN Sport. Uh, but our but our conversation this week focuses around mental health, especially in in football. and this is kind of in the wake of the Aaron Lennon and Stephen Cocker stories that have come out over the past few months. And hopefully this will help at least one of you who is suffering from depression or deals with anxiety or addiction or something uh, to get help, just to realize that you're not alone in what you are going through, that other people are going through it. And it's kind of an everyday thing. And sometimes things come up in life and they they push me toward, back towards you know depression as I'm battled with that since I was younger, but, um, you know, hopefully this will, will help you. So if you are looking for a tactical discussion or talk about players and things like that, come back next week, uh, stay subscribed. You'll, you'll get that next week, but not so much this week. And to be fair, there wasn't really a whole lot going on this week. And, uh, we will kind of cover whatever else is there after the interview with, with Mr. Rodriguez. So, uh, you can stick around for that, but it won't be much. And you also notice this episode is much, much shorter than, than normal, but that's just kind of the way it goes. Um, but this week it was, was pretty rough. Um, we have some fires here in California, uh, the biggest of which is the Alamo fire currently. And I can see the flames from my house. So it's been my, I've been slightly distracted. You know, house has been covered in, in smoke for the most part and ash, uh, air quality is pretty poor, but hopefully, uh, hopefully the firefighters will be able to, uh, stay safe and also, uh, battle the flames and protect the animals and the wine vineyards and everything else that is out there. So, um, you know, that kind of, that kind of sucks. And I've also been to like five funerals in, in six weeks. Also on this episode, there will be a moment of silence for Bradley Lowry. I've put links to the funeral information and, uh, some links to donate if you're interested in the description. And, you know, um, 
yeah, that's, that's all I can say. That guy is uh, a lot of inspiration to, I think a lot of us. And there are a lot of, there are a lot more kids of course, who are out there who are fighting various diseases, whether it be neuroblastoma or cancer or whatever else. But, uh, hopefully you can draw some inspiration from him and from his fight. And, uh, hopefully you can also have some uh, belief in, in humanity after, uh, the way he was treated and by Jermaine Defoe and by several others. And, so uh, that is all there, but let's go ahead and move towards the interview with Mr. Rodriguez. Once again, this is Kiko Rodriguez. You can find him on Twitter at KikoRod9. Uh, you can follow DRN Sport at DRN Sport or at drnsports.co.uk to find out more about what they do. Uh, it's my pleasure to, uh, to share my conversation with him, uh, with you all, and I hope you enjoy it, and I'll talk to you after that. So here's my interview with Mr. Kiko Rodriguez. So, so thanks for joining yeah. us. And um, yeah, you're welcome. And if you, if you would, can you tell me a little bit about about you and kind of where you came from and how you wound up in England? Yeah, yeah, of course I can. Yeah, um, I was born in England, Burnley, actually. Uh, even with my uh, Spanish name, my parents were uh, from Spain, from La Coruña. Uh, and I think it was the late fifties, early sixties that they decided to come into the UK for uh, work. I think. So ended up coming over here to live, and that's when I was born here. Uh, but I did go back home, and I was roughly about 15, 16 for 12 months, and then come back to Berlin again, and, uh, and that's how I, how I ended up here. And you have you have two sons uh, that that play yeah. that play football, and and so were you involved in playing football at all? Come as you as you grew up? Yeah, I mean. I went in that caliber of what Jay were doing, but uh, I played a lot of the uh, semi-professional. Had a couple of trials at Burnley Football Club, but nothing as like, as what Jay's done. What What's your kind of history and, and Jay's history with with Southampton? In In what way? What do you mean? Well, in, I guess, I guess uh, you know, was there a connection with Southampton prior to Jay coming to the club, or was it did it no, just so happen that? No, it was uh, obviously we were at Burnley and. Um, and the season before, he had a really good season. Uh, and I think there were talks about him going the season before. Uh, but then the season after, he did all really well. And uh, obviously, then Southampton come in with a bid and, and then Burnley sold him. But you know, there was no connection. But he did know a few people in that in that league, say, from the Championship. Okay. At the time, Southampton got promoted that year. All right. Now you run... Uh, or a part of DRN Sports. I think you're the the founder and creator of DRN Sports. And yeah. for anybody who doesn't know, what what is DRN Sports and, and what do you guys do? Yeah, DRN Sports is basically an intermediary company. Um, and we have four lawyers and an ex-footballer and myself. Uh, because I, I worked in an industry for 25 years. Uh, I'm seeing things what's happening in football. Uh, I decided to, We all decided to get together and see if we can support football players going forward, young and old. Uh, so we decided to get together two years ago and, and set a company up. And basically what we do, we do look after footballers, but we do basically we have youth players. Uh, and we work very closely to the parents, like I used to like it when, uh, when Jay was young. So you mostly work with, with youth players. So if people are looking for you, if people are looking to to kind of contact you, uh, can, they can do that on Twitter. Uh, and they can do that. Uh, you have a website, and we'll we'll put all those links kind of in the show notes in case anybody is interested. Is that is that acceptable? Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Of course it is. Yeah, I mean, you can contact me on Twitter. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm, I'm no problems. You know, I'm prepared to talk to anybody. Unfortunately, you can't help everybody because it's, there's that many uh, young footballers out there who have been released and they want to help. 
but we will try and accommodate them. We will uh, try and guide them to a, a, a different way. But uh, we'll take any phone calls or any uh, messages. We'll always reply. You know, it's not an issue. All right. And do you guys kind of take the place of an agent for people who are too young to kind of have an agent? Is that kind of how it, is that kind of what you guys do? Yeah, well, we have, we do have uh, professionals as well. Okay, okay. Uh, but when we did start, it started off at the youth level because uh, as, a, as, a, as an intermediary, you can uh, represent somebody at 16. You can't, under 16, you can't. So you, between 16 and 18, uh, you have to be like CERB checked and things like that. So you, you, you can represent them. Okay. Uh, like I say, anything under 16, you can't really represent Thank you for, for kind of sharing all that with us, and it gives me kind of yeah. a clearer picture. Um, and, and kind of what I guess what prompted our, our conversation today is uh, we all kind of read that that article about um, about Stephen Cocker, uh, you know, Jay's former teammate, and yeah. I, so yeah. we're, we're kind of here to talk about uh, mental illness and sports specifically. Yeah. And yeah. And I don't know when I hear the term or when you hear the term mental illness, um, what yeah. what do you think of what 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 comes to mind when you hear that? Well. Like I say, I mean, I'm not scared of talking about it because I went through it about two, two, three years ago uh, for different various reasons, and, and unfortunately, you can't see it. Uh, people think you're okay, but um, you know, if you have a broken arm, people will say to you, "Oh, are you okay? How's your arm?" For mental health, you can't see it, and people do it in different ways. Uh, but I do feel strongly about it because I've done like, seminars at the UCFB mental health and I've worked with uh, Clark Carlisle uh, with mental health and and it's just getting getting it out there to understand that people it doesn't matter how much money they're on or how little money they're on you know people are human beings and the mental mental health people need support and it's not just the people who's going through the mental health it's the families the families suffer as well you know it takes a lot of courage to come out and say that you know you kind of have gone through it and it's something that yeah. I think the public maybe doesn't, I think up until recently, maybe the public hasn't been as accepting of people who have gone through that, you know, but over the past few years, have you seen kind of the way people view mental illness change at all? Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's a lot stronger now because people, I think, have taken it more seriously and, and you can see it. When I say you can't see it, you can see it when you're close to somebody because you do change. I mean, how you, you know, when I went through it, I went from, being bubbly and going out and being stuck in the house, not doing anything. So, you know, it is an illness. But as more people get involved and more people understand it, it'd be a lot easier to work with people who's got it. Now, do you tend to notice the mental illness uh, or the depression and, and stuff creep in in some of the players that you work with and some of the younger players that you work with if things start to not go well? Do you guys tend to see that? Uh, more often, and is we, do, it, you, we, we do, but fingers crossed, fingers crossed. And it's moment in time we haven't had any players going through that situation. But when people, when players, for example, get released from a football club and they're very young, uh, they don't know what to do. So you can you can prevent it by being there, supporting them with the parents, working together, and trying progress them maybe to another football club or even go down a different path of going to college or learn, learning something else. They just, it's, it's, I think what happens is when you become on your own and, and you're not getting any support and I think you can start brewing on stuff 
uh, and then it just builds up and builds up and builds up. So sometimes you can prevent it, but sometimes you can't because you can't see it. You know, when I read about about players like like Stephen Cocker and, yeah. and Aaron Lennon, kind of going going through yeah. that stuff, yeah, I think for me that that helps because it's you kind of know that you're not the only one that's doing that. You know, you're not, and it, yeah. and, and necessarily no. success doesn't prevent you from suffering from mental illness. And I don't know, for me, that's kind of an inspiration uh, to to kind of yeah. keep going and, and to see kind of. Stephen and Aaron both fighting back to kind of get back on the field. I think that's that's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. But do you do you think well, that's going to lead to more people being being open and more um, accepting and aware of it? It is. There's a lot more people coming out right now because they want help. And you know yourself as a man, sometimes you don't accept um, your illness. It took me a while to accept my illness. Until I realised that I had my illness and I had to tell people about it. And then once you start telling people about it, it all comes out. And that's when people can help you. Because if you don't tell people, there's different kinds of uh, depression. Different, you know, there's all sorts of different kinds. And some people go out, some people stop in, some people think differently. You know, so until you speak out, it's like Leonard from Everton. You know, what was it, two months ago he come out uh, and explained the situation and it must have been hard for him. But he's back in training now. So he's getting help. Yeah. If 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 he didn't tell anybody and disappeared somewhere, it could have gone worse. So credit to him, he, he spoke out about it and it's and he's a bigger man bar speaking out. Yeah, it it is one of the hardest things to come out and, and say. And I think a lot yeah. of times, um, especially around you know, I'm not a professional athlete. I've never been close to that. But mm. you know, I played sports my entire life, and and to to come out and say like I'm yeah. I'm dealing with this, it and people kind of perceive it as a as a weakness, maybe. And and I think sometimes players and they think if I say this, if I say I have an issue, and Stephen Cocker spoke about this in yeah. his article, you know, this is going to prevent me from from playing. They're going to see me as weak. And I think men, like we said, we have that kind of idea about us. Um, yeah. But I I think you see now with Aaron Lennon going back and, and playing that, that teams are, are more aware of this and teams are, are, are willing to help. And, and I think that's yeah. a really, really big step. And they're getting professional people in the club. They're getting pro- professional people in football clubs or in sport in general who understand it. And, you know, they might have weekly meetings with players. And, they, you know, maybe they can see it before it really kicks in. So they are getting more supported. So looking at... Um, mental illness and, and, and how it's yeah. progressed up to now. Yeah. What do you think needs to happen to continue to help the conversation move forward uh, even more? What What do you think people need to do or we need to do to, to kind of help do that? I think, first of all, I think the country or the world, where, 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 because depression is everywhere. It's not just in the UK and America. It's everywhere. Right. And it's different kinds. You need to uh, support it a bit more. I mean, the NHS um, in the UK... That's what I'm working with. They're incredible, yeah. But there's not enough of them. You know, they're working on the court to support people, and, and and because more people are coming out now. So if we go back to the football, a lot of the football clubs now are presenting mental health. They're um, actually describing what mental health is and the signs of it, so they understand it more than what they did many many years ago. So I, I just think it needs to be. A topic where it's important because if everybody broke the leg, yeah, 
it'd be all over the news that people breaking the legs because you can see it. But when mental health happens, it's, oh, well, you know, we'll get support, you know, I'll be okay. And that's, that's what I perceive it at this moment in time. Yeah, I think, I think that's correct because sometimes, like you said, it's not as easy to recognize and it's, it's no. more uncomfortable to address with somebody if they are depressed, you know? Yeah. I mean, again, just going to the sport of football, uh, a lot of football clubs, the players train very hard during the morning, afternoon, and then in the afternoon, they've got spare time. So they do stuff what maybe they shouldn't do, for example, or they do other stuff. I always said, why don't, somebody who understands mental health or get some education and, and, and explain to footballers, some of the footballers might be able to be a mentor for that football club so they can train people like not to mental health, you know, talk to people in the afternoon, you know, instead of like ignoring it type of thing really. Because I think there's a lot of people out there got a lot of spare time and I think if they just put the effort in a little bit more. Everybody can talk about it and try and prevent it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you think that the, as these changes come from the football clubs that that will, do you think that's kind of filtered down into, into the academies, into the youth systems or? I know in the, in, in the UK now, a few clubs, well, a fair few clubs I work with, they do have people there now supporting it and, and, and talking about it. And, 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 it, and it is a topic it's you know just as important as uh, what they eat and that now. It's basically, you know, the, for example, Burnley Football Club, they have somebody there who talks about it and explains it as one to ones, and so it is getting a bit more better now. It's a lot better now than what it was a long time ago. Now that you have kind of gone through that and are are, are yeah, and and, it, and I'm not sure it ever goes away. No, it it doesn't go away. You know, instead of having I used to have bad days and bad weeks and bad months. I've gone down to like bad months, bad day. And I might have another hour here, here and there. But it's the way I've, I'm controlling it. I, I've been taught to do it. You know, I, someone's, someone's taught me how to, to work with man because it's all, it's all to do with your chemicals in your head. It's all, it's all your, all the eyes thoughts. That's all it is. Uh-huh. You know, and if you can move them away, you know, that's how you deal with it. That's, well, that's the way I'm dealing with it at the moment. So. Yeah. As we kind of look at the the athletes that that deal with this stuff, um, mm. do, do you tend to think that sometimes the pressure that they put on themselves and that the fans put on them and that the clubs have on them, do you think that contributes? That just compounds the issues that that they're dealing with. It depends on your, it depends on the person. For example, you know, um, how can I say it? Uh, Alistair Campbell, uh, the uh, politician and reporter from Burnley. He went through depression, and he's a very, very strong character. Uh, but someone who's not a strong character might be fine. It's, it all depends on the person and what one, maybe what job you do, what lifestyle you've got, what family you've got. What, it, it, you know, it's really hard to, 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 to put your finger on it and say it's because of this. Right. Uh, I mean, if you look at, for example, go, again, go back to football, Progba, yeah, he's 89 million pounds after the pay for him, yeah? Uh-huh. It had, yeah, it had affected him because he carried on playing football. But somebody who's about four, three or four million might think, oh God, they've paid a lot of money for me. They might get pressured on that. It just depends on the person, really. All right. Well, I, I guess, do you have any other thoughts on, on mental illness uh, or in, in sport or anything else you'd like to say about it? 
no, just basically people to 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 what not watch out for it, but listen listen to people talking about it and just and just get involved if they can because I'll be honest with you, before I, I got ill, um I just think oh, don't be soft. But I don't call anybody anymore because I, I wouldn't wish it on anybody. So you know, and people come out and talk about it because there's people there to listen listen to, you know, people will listen to you. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree with that more because I that when yeah. you said that it, it, it I, I remember all all the, I had a bunch of the thoughts come rushing back. So yeah, I I think it's really yeah, important yeah. to remember to reach out and yeah. in in both yeah. ways. Whether you see you see somebody kind of going through it or you are going through it, reach out and people will will be there. Yeah, there's somebody out there for you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I had a lot of support with my family, close friends. You know, they got me through it. You know, they didn't. They, Basically, they didn't ignore me. They uh, supported me. So it does help when you've got that support. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I don't have any more questions. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, no worries. But I do want to say, and um, you know, uh, thank you again. And, yeah. uh, and, and also, welcome, I really wish, you know, you and, and Jay and everybody well. And I, I, I'm sure you know this, but everybody that has... Uh, commented. I haven't seen one negative comment about Jay leaving uh, Southampton. They all, everybody, everybody's behind him. Everybody's wishing him the best. So I hope, I hope, yeah. I hope it's great. Yeah, I mean, the fact that Southampton, you know, they have been good. The, the fans, like I think I put something on Twitter last week about the fans. Uh-huh. Uh, they're the, the brilliant because they understand. They, I think they understand football, um, and and it has to be fair. It has all been positive. So yeah, I, you know, I'm pretty happy about it as well, really. We spoke before we started recording that I would have thought that the likelihood that Jay would have suffered from some sort of depression or something after going through what he went through. Um, And for you to kind of see that as a a father, because I I have young children and, you know, that sometimes what happens to them can affect me quite a bit. But but you kind of mentioned that he he didn't. He kind of went the other way and was able to kind of. He he went the absolute opposite way because. I remember the day he did the injury. I was there watching my friends. Uh, and we ended up going, he ended up going back to Southampton. Uh, and we ended up going down to the night. Because we were about four and a half hours away from Southampton. Um, we were panicking. You know, we knew it was a bad injury. Obviously, on the day, Jay was really dying. The day after, he was a bit dying. But by the Monday morning, when the, uh, the doctor said to him, Right, this is what you're doing, it's cruciate, it could take up to nine months, blah, blah, blah. Jay's first thing was, when do I start work then? I want a program. So I'll be fair to say something, we had a program straight away, and then Jay just built from there, because he, he said to himself, this is my new job now for nine months. You know, so that's how he dealt with it, and he dealt with it really well. Yeah, yeah. I think people can take some, some courage from that, you know, that it doesn't have to go, yeah. it doesn't have to go badly if, you know, even if something horrific does happen and you 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 look yeah. at what he at what was lining up for him and and all that yeah. and then to have it all kind of taken away and him to fight through that i think that's i think that, yeah. that says a lot yeah it does uh you know that's why i think that's why people respect you as well because he's just a normal he's just a normal person who wants to get on the last and have a good living and enjoy football and, and i think that's where fingers crossed maybe that's what he's doing yeah yeah um, just kind of off that a little bit. Is, yeah. you, is Jay one of your? I don't want to say clients, but is Jay one of the players that you represent at, at DRM? No, no, no. See, 
you know what I'm saying? Because when we went into it, yeah, um, people always thought that Jay was going to come with me, but but Jay's, Jay's got another company called Bezix, uh, and they've been superb with him. They've uh, absolutely looked after him. They've done everything. So it'd be pointless for me to try and change that because I am a parent as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's when I, I said to people, you know, go with your best instincts. You know, don't just see one intermediary, go and see somebody else. They might be able to better, you know. So, we, you know, you can't push it. You know, I mean, it's no good me pushing it because Jay's happy. So if Jay's happy, he stays where he is. All right. Well, uh, yeah. once again, I really appreciate yeah. your time. And yeah. uh, I wish yeah. you and your family all the best. And Yeah, yeah no problem. It's been enjoyable. All right, sir. Have a, have a great day, and uh, we'll talk to you later. Thanks very much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And once again, that was my conversation with Kiko Rodriguez. You can find him on Twitter at KikoRod9. You can find his company, DRN Sport, at DRN Sport on Twitter. You can also visit their website at drnsports.co.uk, and links to those are in the show notes. So uh, once again, I'd like to thank Kiko for for joining us and for talking about that, because talking about depression and anxiety and other mental health issues is difficult, especially when you're talking about you. But as somebody who's kind of gone through that, as somebody who has been there, who has taught most of his life to to kind of shield those things from everybody and to, to, to hide them, uh, I think being able to talk about them now is one of the best things for me. And uh, hopefully it helps uh, some some somebody out there as well. So once again, if, if you are, if you are, feel like you're dealing with any of those issues, please, please reach out, talk to someone. You are not alone in what you are going through. Uh, there are people out there who care and who will want to help. And also for those of you who are not going through it, but you see other people going through it, or you think other people are going through it, um, approach them, talk to them privately, uh, and, and just offer, just tell them that you're there, let them know. Um, because sometimes that, that feeling of being alone is, is maybe the worst thing. And it just helps kind of continue that spiral downward. So, um, it is uncomfortable to talk to people about it, but I understand, but, uh, please, please be willing to do that. Um, there are links for help in the show notes. If you feel like you are going through something like that and you're not sure where to go, um, talk to your general practitioner, call one of the phone lines, uh, click the links down there, see if they will, they, they can help. So, uh, please be sure to do that. I've done it for both people in the UK and the U S those are, that's most of the listeners. Uh, I'm sorry. I didn't do it for the 20 or so other countries that are, uh, that have listenership, but please, please don't, don't think that that's because I don't care. That's not, that's not the case. After all that, I feel somewhat awkward uh, transitioning into into the team, but this is, of course, what the, the show is about. So the team is is in Austria getting ready for their first preseason match against St. Gallen, and that will be this Saturday, uh, 3.30 p.m. kickoff in the UK. So uh, I think that's 7.30 a.m. for me, and we will kind of hopefully be playing a side that we can just maybe get used to it, the formation and playing with each other once again. It'll be interesting to to see how that all goes. And it'll be interesting to see what the first kind of real look at the team will be like uh, under Pellegrino. So we will see how that all kind of folds out. They have two other matches. Southampton has two other matches. They're going to return to England after the match um, to prepare for a game the following weekend against Brentford. That's away. And then we will play St. Etienne away in France after that. So hopefully all of that goes well and we get to see some maybe progression of the team uh there so um haven't really seen any anything 
you know, hugely surprising. Nobody's left the club. That is of uh, really any note. Uh, we had some loan deals go through. Hopefully that, that, uh, those players go out and can get some development, but really not a whole lot going on this week. So, um, if you are, if you are enjoying the show, please consider leaving a rating and a review on iTunes. It helps others find out about the show, helps, uh, helps push us up the charts and all of that stuff. Uh, if you don't feel comfortable doing that, maybe just share the show, uh, with a friend. The easiest way to do that is on Twitter or Facebook. So just share the, the Twitter account, which is at SFC D E L L underscore I V E R Y. And the Facebook page is at facebook.com forward slash SFC delivery. There is no underscore in the Facebook address. So, uh, share those with somebody, introduce the show to somebody, encourage them to listen, uh, and give me some, some feedback. And we'll be back with the uh, kind of a normal show, I guess, if you want to call it that next week. All that being said, uh, we'd like to thank, as always, the We Are Southampton page on Instagram for all of their help. Uh, the We Are Southampton page on Instagram is your place to go for match day edits, polls, competitions, and more. And Matt from the We Are Southampton page has been a huge supporter of the show from day one. Uh, he helped design the logo. He came up with a logo for the show. He's been a guest on the show, and I can't thank him enough for that. So uh, be sure to follow We Are Southampton on Instagram. Uh, for all of your match day edits and more. So like I said, we'll be back next week. Please, please do share the show with a friend if you are so inclined. And uh, like I said, there will be a moment of silence now uh, between my last words and the final whistle uh, to honor Bradley Lowry. Uh, it's a bit of a heavy week, a bit of a heavy episode, but um, you know, sometimes this kind of football can kind of bring us all together, whether it doesn't matter who we support or, or what we're going through. So until next time, remember that together, We march on, and thanks for listening.